Right now is the most critical time for us to take back control of our food supply and become self-reliant by having our very own food forest. Transform your yard into a food forest and create a system of self-reliance that's easy and enjoyable with our friends at Food Forest Abundance. No matter where you're starting from, you can become more self-reliant. You can take your self-reliance to the next level by becoming a producer of your own food through growing and foraging. Learn how to turn your property into an income-producing source of economic self-reliance. If you're ready to go off-grid, click the link in the description and use coupon code FORBIDDEN for discounts on your very own food forest with Food Forest Abundance. Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Hosting with me is Corey Hughes. Today our guest is Bart Sibrel. First, a couple of announcements. Check out our website, ForbiddenKnowledge.News. It's also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You'll find some of your favorite podcasts from our community like Raised by Giants, Understanding Propaganda, Day Zero, and we have new additions, WT Frick Live and Showtime with the Cube. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Check out Rockfin. That is where you get our premium content, as well as all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin for only $10 a month. You can also create a free account and get access to everyone's free content, including all our regular shows. You just go to rockfin.com slash FKN plus. That's R-O-K-F-I-N dot com slash FKN plus to sign up or use the link in the description. All right, let's welcome back our co-host, Corey Hughes. Corey, how you doing? Excellent. Thank you. Our guest today is Bart Sibrel. He is an award-winning filmmaker, writer, and investigative journalist who has been producing television programs, documentaries, music videos, TV commercials, and stage plays for over 35 years. Bart, welcome. How you doing? That means I'm 36 years old. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Well, how you doing, my friend? Doing pretty good. How about you, you two? Uh, good. Can't complain, can't complain. I've been looking forward to this. We're going to be yeah, really excited to talk to you today. Uh, the, this stuff, this this topic has consumed me for the past couple months. So yeah, mm. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, what we're going to be talking about is really considered probably one of our favorite conspiracies for sure. Uh, one of the best of all time, the moon landing. Did we go to the moon? Was it a production? If so, why? How far does the rabbit hole go and how high does the pyramid reach? 
And where does this leave us when it comes to space exploration? Uh, and I also, of course, want to get into your incredible story behind your book, Moon Man. So this is going to be great. Uh, Bart, this is your first time on, though. Tell us more about yourself, your background, and what brought you to first make the film A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, and then your book. Well, let's see. Uh, you know, when <laughs> Corey said a minute ago, he'd been kind of kind of obsessed with it. I was that way for about 20 years. I mean, when it when it finally dawned on me that they really did fake the moon landing. I mean, it was really overwhelming. I grew up believing that it was real, like most people. And um, I guess there's nothing wrong with uh, taking people at their word initially. Uh, you know, when I read the Bible Genesis about Adam and Eve being deceived, and, you know, the first sin or the sin that uh, destroyed mankind wasn't murder, wasn't adultery, wasn't thievery. It was a lie. And it wasn't even done by mankind. It was done by Lucifer. And because people believed a lie, we're in the mess that we are today. And so I kind of it's like if you tell a baby, hey, there's a pink elephant outside the door. They're like, oh, boy. And so you can't really blame them in a way for being deceived. Forgive me, Lord, for taking Adam and Eve's side, you know. <laughs> And in the same way, uh, you can't blame people initially for believing that the government is telling the truth. Um, I even had, I think, about 20 9 by 12 color pictures on my wall from the age of four when how old I was at the time through 14 because my dad was in the Air Force and he got this VIP package um, of color prints of Apollo 11. I put them up on the wall. So from the age of four to 14, that means I saw them 3,650 times believing that the moon missions were real. And then at the age of 14, I saw Bill Casing on television who worked for Apollo for six years, who had high security clearances, who said it never happened. And I thought, oh, isn't that interesting? So I went back to the you know pictures and sure enough, I began to see the real soil up to a straight line across and then a fake backdrop. And another 10 years go by, I became a filmmaker. Of course, a job of a filmmaker is to make fake scenes look real. So I started realizing that these are 100% shot with electrical lighting, not sunlight like they claimed. And when I was editing one day for the guy who produced the show that I saw 10 years earlier with Bill Casey on it, he put me in touch with Bill Casey who suggested I do a film about it, which I initially turned down for fear it might be true. And if so, then it could be dangerous. And I didn't want to risk my life or what you know, Nutty Nixon did all those years ago. About five years went by, I started developing a conviction of right and wrong and judgment day and God and truth and lies. And I realized that if they faked it, that's actually more profound than if they'd actually gone. I mean, let's say you have the two options here. They could go and plant a flag on a rock and come back, or they lied about it. It's considered to be the greatest event in human history murdered people, embezzled money, if that's true, that's actually more profound historically than if they'd actually gone. And then I realized just in an interview a week or so ago, you know, the faking of the moon landing, because Nixon called it the greatest event since creation when he knew they weren't there, it's really blasphemous. And that's kind of what I sensed early on, that there's a spiritual message here the faking of the moon landing. And even though it killed probably fewer people than any other government fraud, I mean, 9-11, 3,000 people, the Gulf of Tonkin led to the death of a million people, even the Kennedy 
assassination witness list. They say is as much as 200 people were knocked off. I, I've tracked maybe about 15 deaths because of the moon landing fraud. And yet, if exposed, I think it would bring about more change than any other plots exposed because it's so ingrained in people's hearts and minds, the greatest event in the world. And so when it dawned on me, when I popped in that tape that's in my film, which you can see for free at sabral.com, of them faking part of the photography right in front of your eyes, I'm like, oh, they really didn't go. And I remember calling up Bill Casing, frantic, you know, they really didn't go. And he's like, well, Bart, I told you. <laughs> like, yeah, but you don't understand. They really didn't go. He's like, well, Bart, I told you. I mean, I was giving them the benefit of the doubt as long as possible. I mean, we have basically four conclusive proofs that they didn't go. First, you have simple deductive logic. Today, with 50 years better technology than in 1969, when they claimed to have gone to the moon on the first attempt, with one millionth the computing power of a cell phone, right? The biggest computer was 4K, I think. And today, the farthest they can send astronauts into outer space is 250 miles. That's why the Artemis program, if it gets off the ground on the fourth attempt, will only send an unmanned probe into deep space because of the radiation. So if today they can only send astronauts one thousandth the distance to the moon, what they're claiming is that they had a thousand times greater technology in 1969. That's <laughs> backwards of logic, right? I mean, mm -hmm. they went from never having anyone ever in space to walking on the moon in eight years. And the Artemis program that can't get off the ground on the first attempt, second attempt, or third attempt took 18 years to develop with five decades better technology, and it can only send an unmanned probe to orbit the moon, not land. It's impossible for technology to go backwards. They can't have a thousand times farther space traveling capability in 1969 than they do today. That proves it's false. Then I popped in a tape that said, don't show to the public. And they're faking being halfway to the moon right in front of your eyes over and over again with the CIA telling them to fake a four second radio delay as if they're halfway to the moon. We've got that. Then we have shadows that intersect at 90 degrees from objects five feet apart when sunlight is always parallel. That proves it. That one picture proves it. And then finally, in my book, Moon Man, which is at sabrell.com, we have an eyewitness deathbed testimony of a gentleman who was there at a particular military base. You have to get the book to find out. And he told uh, this on his deathbed. He stood beside President Johnson. He gave us the dates it was filmed, the, the location, the CIA codename for the project, and 15 people, he was given a list by President Johnson. These people are allowed to come in and eyewitness this. He saved that list and gave it to us. Mm. And some of those people are still alive. So we have four in, you know, incontrovertible proofs that they didn't go to the moon that each independently of one another would prove it. I mean, you can't have 90 degree shadows from objects five feet apart in sunlight. It's impossible, which means it's electrical light, which means you're not on the moon. Mm -hmm. Then the fake footage right in front of your eyes. Then the deathbed testimony of I was there here, when and why. And then you have just the logic. They can't have more capability in 1969 than they can today. That just doesn't make any sense. And if it weren't for people's literal religious attachment to it, they would see it for what it is. And 
lastly, an example of that is I talked to a professor of an aerospace you know, division at a major university here in America. And I showed him all these proofs why we didn't go. He says, Bart, there's nothing you could say that would make me, you know, disavow the glorious moon landings. And I said, okay, what about this? You see Buzz Aldrin on national TV tearing up and confessing he faked it. He's sorry. And the guy said, I still think we went to the moon. He thinks he went no better than the astronaut himself. That's how blind people are to this. And it's kind of, it's so ironic. It's so symbolic. I mean, you guys said it's the most interesting of all the conspiracy theories or whatever. And maybe it is. Uh, It's like, you know, whoever shot JFK, the guy's still dead. Whoever did 9-11, those people are still dead. This is the only that I'm aware of positive conspiracy, you see? And it's of mankind's quote, greatest accomplishment. That's why the film, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, opens up with the Tower of Babel, right? They were boasting, look how great we are, and they never finished it. Then we show the Titanic and a publicity poster that said the ship that God himself could not sink, never made one voyage, never finished either. And then, of course, Nixon, like I said, saying putting a man on the moon is the greatest event since creation when he knew they were not there. He didn't even show up for the launch. Can you imagine you're president of the United States when they're going to the moon for the first time and you don't show up? The second time after they got away with faking it, then you show up. But he didn't want a picture of him shaking Neil Armstrong's hand, patting him on the back. (laughs) If the truth were to come out, he literally was afraid to be there and be photographed. Isn't that interesting? So I'll let you guys talk. Yeah. That's that's my overview. Before we get to your questions, Corey, I just want to ask one thing just to kind of open this up. Based on all the information you've got, everything you've researched, all the interviews you've done, I mean, there's plenty of theories as to why they did it, uh, because, you know, of course, we were first one, we were in a space race with the Russians. We wanted to get there first. Another one is that they had uh, aliens there and they were keeping us from going there. Another one is we just can't get past the the Van Allen belts. But why do you think is the big underlying reason why they would fake this? Well, there's a number of technical reasons why they can't go to this day. I mean, if they could go to the moon, on the first attempt with untried technology that had one millionth of computing power of a cell phone, we would have been on Mars 10 years later and we'd be in another solar system by now and there'd be bases all over the moon. I mean, the, the Artemis goal is to pave the way to walk on the moon. Well, we paved it six times 50 years ago. We wouldn't need to pave it again. Now, they don't have enough fuel to leave Earth orbit. They can't survive going through the radiation, which most people don't even know exists, starting at 1,000 miles up and 30,000 miles thick. The lunar module just couldn't work at all, you know, in numerous ways. It wouldn't protect you. Now, why did they fake it uh, as opposed to just admitting they bit off more than they could chew? I would assume it's pride. They made this boast in front of the world. We're going to do it before the end of the decade. In fact, NASA has never a single time in the entire history of NASA ever been on schedule ever, except the most difficult space mission of all time. I mean, the Hubble telescope, just to go into Earth orbit 250 miles up, was 10 years behind schedule and it didn't focus. I mean, the whole thing is a lens, right? 
that's the whole, you know, if they're 10 years behind schedule, that means they must have worked on it for 10 years. So they worked on it for 20 years just to go 250 miles up. And the whole point of it is to see. And after 20 years of development, it doesn't focus, really. And then the Artemis mission, you don't understand. In, in 2016, they said that probe is going to be orbiting the moon in 2018. Okay, it's now four years later, right? And they, so they've never a single time kept uh, a schedule. But for some reason, the most difficult one was ahead of schedule, <laughs> when the simplest one is 10 years behind schedule. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Now, so I assume it was pride. They just didn't want to admit it. Plus, you know, Nixon said something very interesting that our current government says. Our current government that we have right now today said the biggest threat to America isn't the Russians, isn't the Chinese, it's Americans who protest the federal government. That's what Nixon said in 1969. The biggest threat are these anti-war protesters who say, you know, trying to you know, conquer the world halfway around the world is, you know, wrong. And uh, funny, when Russia defends their border, you know, it has a war with the neighboring country, they're sanctioned. When we go halfway around the world to pick a fight in Iraq, we get all support, right? Mm -hmm. What's something's <laughs> off with that picture? And so this was a pep rally. You know, the, the code name for the project, which you can read in Moonman at sabrell.com. It's Kindle, print, or audio. I read the book. Uh, it has to do with basically guaranteeing the success of the mission. So if you're faking it, you can absolutely guarantee they're going to do it, right? And so that gave basically America a pep rally, something to cheer about during the turmoil of the Vietnam War going on and all those lives being lost. And so it was pride and then money. I mean, that's what I was told by my military sources. It's really just about money. Mm -hmm. I mean, the moon rover in today's dollars allegedly cost $100 million each when it has like, you know, one fifth the parts that a Jeep has. How, <laughs> how could it possibly? How, they had electric cars, golf carts, you know, all over the place. And it's basically the same thing. How could that possibly cost $100 million? And then... In today's dollars, the entire program costs $200 billion. So if they're only orbiting the Earth, which the footage we uncovered proves they never left Earth orbit, then they're probably you know, keeping at least half of that money and maybe two-thirds, maybe three-quarters, because Gemini and Mercury went into Earth orbit without the $200 billion budget. So really, they're just milking it. And that's what criminals do. They have fronts. I remember going to this fried chicken place at four o'clock in the morning. Nobody's there. And there's a lady sitting at the desk with like a 20 line telephone, taking all these calls and writing things down. And I hear when I go to the bathroom, there's like something going on, a poker game or something. So, the you know, the fried chicken place is just a front for gambling. You know, she's taking numbers or bets on sporting events or whatever. And that's what NASA is. It's a front. You know, Mike Adams, who I highly respect, he says something so profound. He said the people who run our government are gangsters. And that's what they are. They are gangsters. I mean, if you look at what's the guy's name, Brennan, John Brennan, the CIA director, he looks like a gangster. And they will go after you. I mean... It's funny. They went after DeLorean, right, for allegedly, you know, doing cocaine. 
They went after <laughs> what's her what's her name? The famous cook female cook lady, uh, you know, who went to jail for you know saying something that wasn't accurate to the FBI. Like that that proves they're doing their job. They go after these little celebrities, but all the criminals who are you know faking moon landings, faking nine eleven. They don't do. I mean, it's it's so corrupt. It's beyond beyond understanding. My dream is that the truth will come out. An astronaut will confess or something, and it will be an established fact that the moon landings are fake. And then, oh, what about 9-11? We have to understand. Imagine if we had 3000 architects or engineers saying the moon landings are fake. They won't because that's their God. But we know that 9-11 it's mechanically impossible for a pinhole airplane to bring down a skyscraper. Look at uh, Oklahoma city bombing. Half the building was blown away. Did it collapse? No, because it it can't, you know what I mean? It's a grid. And so even with 3000 architects and engineers risking their reputations saying, look, something else other than an airplane brought down these buildings. And then of course, building seven proves it beyond a doubt. 20 years later, nothing done about it because they they own the FBI, the Justice Department. Everything is run by these criminals. Now, the rank and file people, which was probably 98 and a half percent, are probably honest patriots wanting to do a job and, you know, have a good retirement program. The problem is all of the heads of every department in the federal government are appointed by the president. Now, that shouldn't be anyway. They should be elected by the rank and file of the FBI Justice Department from within who know who's of integrity and who's not. So if corrupt presidents are putting the, the, the leaders, their corrupt leaders over every department head, when someone under there says, look, I know of a senator who's, you know, taking bribes and, you know, uh, raping children. And they say, no, don't investigate that or you're fired. They do what they're told. Right. And so that shouldn't be the last chapter of my book is what to do about this mess. And one of the suggestions is don't allow presidential appointments of anything, you know, other than the cabinet that the whoever FBI director should be voted upon F- members of the FBI period and and the, even Congress and the Senate we we sh- we shouldn't even elect them because they didn't ask Congress and the Senate to fake the moon landing they didn't vote whether to fake the moon landing or not did they no so whoever faked the moon landing those are the people running our government so that means the Congress and the Senate they're not running our government so what are they doing? It's just all for show. The, the moon landing was fake. And so is our democracy. It's not a democracy when you are censored for saying, you know, contradictory things of the government. It's not a democracy. It's not a democracy when 80, uh, 90 percent of Americans want GMO labeling on the food they swallow and the president vetoes it. You know, that's not a democracy. And so what they did 500 years ago is they chose Congress and the Senate by lottery. Hmm. I mean, if we decide a capital crime death penalty by lottery, right, a jury, I say elect Congress and Senate by lottery, <laughs> then they won't you know, be beholding to anybody. Right. And we'll get honest <laughs> teachers and lawyers and uh, carpenters to represent us. Those would truly work. So I think our nation is really beyond hope because these people who faked the moon landing, killed Kennedy, did the Gulf of Tonkin, 9-11, all of that, they're only getting better and better and better. 
as time goes on. So I don't, I don't think anything but divine intervention is going to change anything. What do you think, Corey? Got any questions? Yeah. Well, I want to point something out. Um, so you mentioned Kennedy. Uh, I'm a mostly full-time Kennedy researcher. I'm writing my first book now. I know exactly who was on the grassy knoll. And for years, people have talked about the moon landing and I just didn't have time for it. I was busy in my own research. But in Kennedy, I came, I came to realize about the moon landing, the level of fakery and deception in Kennedy, even in the setup leading up to it, it was like, duh, if they can do this with Kennedy, of course they could do this with the moon landing. But the one thing that really, really sparked my interest in the moon landing was that there are so many connections to NASA and aerospace within the Kennedy assassination. Four of Oswald's alleged co-workers at Riley Coffee in New Orleans went on to go work at NASA or Mashad or uh, a number of these aerospace companies. They were, you know, obviously it, they were front jobs. And then you have David Ferry allegedly goes ice skating the day after the assassination. Well, I did research into the rink that he went to and the person who was running the rink, actually, after she left that, she went to go work for NASA during the Apollo and Gemini missions. Yet her name doesn't appear anywhere in the records for Apollo or Gemini. And I'm like, oh my God. So I start researching NASA in relation to the Kennedy assassination. And that's when it, it's not even a, it's an open secret, I guess. But for many years, NASA functioned as an intelligence front for the CIA. Like, and I assume that's where like the $400 hammer comes from, right? That money was being funneled to black ops and using NASA as a front. So that is what really kind of got me interested in the moon landing. And then once I started looking into it, it just seems so obvious, so obvious that we really couldn't pull it off. But uh, yeah, and as, far, and as far as the fakery in the moon landing, when you come to understand the fakery that's involved in the Kennedy assassination, like Oswald didn't work at the book depository. Nobody else has figured this out yet, but there's no evidence Oswald ever worked there. And I have, a, I completely understand what happened and how people do. But yeah, and so the government has been faking us out over everything forever. And so the moon landing should be obvious to most people. Yeah, you know, they killed Kennedy in broad daylight on camera uh, in front of 200 eyewitnesses and got away with it. So how much mm -hmm. easier it is it when there's no independent press coverage, a TV picture controlled by the federal government, and they're up in outer space somewhere. I mean, <laughs> making the moon landing is super, super easy. Plus, people wanted to believe it. And what convinced them wasn't these crystal clear pictures that weren't published until three weeks later was this black and white fuzzy TV picture that if you shot it in someone's backyard at night with a spotlight, it probably would have looked the same. And that that was what convinced them. And once you convince somebody of something, it's hard to unconvince them of that. And an interesting thing about the Kennedy assassination, if you believe in God and things like that, uh, there's a solar eclipse that happened here in America in 2017. The heart of it fell over Nashville, Tennessee, where there is the largest pagan sculpture in America. The sculpture is so big and the hand of the statue is a six foot tall statue of a person, you see. And then about seven biblical years later in 2024, will be another eclipse. I think it's April 8th, 2024, and it falls over Dallas, Texas, which I believe is the point of no return for America. We had Eisenhower warning us, uh, if I forgive me for saying so, cowardly in his last day of office, right? Mm -hmm. 
It didn't do anything about it, did he? And then when Kennedy tried to do something about it, we know what happened there. And so it's as if this is a, is a probationary period of seven years. And of course, the Bible says the plagues come to encourage people to repent, but they don't repent anyway. So America likely is not going to repent in the seven-year period. And after that, you know, bad things are going to happen and they're already starting to happen. And so to me, what happened in Dallas is the point of no return. You know, once the, the government that was instituted to protect the life of the president ends up killing him, I think that's crossing a line that can't be taken back. I mean, technically, people could change their minds and become good people. What I'm talking about is once the institutional corruption is to that degree that the FBI, the Justice Department, the Secret Service, the CIA are so infiltrated by evil people to get away with killing their own president in broad daylight, I don't think it can be stopped. I mean, there were many, many generals in uh, Hitler's regime that wanted to kill him and wanted to get rid of him because he was destroying the country and they just couldn't do it. The machine, the Nazi apparatus, the bureaucracy of corruption and evil was so great that even 12 generals couldn't stop it. It was, it was like 12 people trying to stop a bulldozer. Good luck. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's symbolic about the upcoming eclipse. That's the point of no return when they killed their own president. And I, Basically, if you believe in God, Jesus says, I think it's in Matthew 24, that things will get so bad in the last days that unless God intervenes with the second coming, no one will survive. So I interpret that to mean that the evil people who run the world, they are going to win. They killed Kennedy in broad daylight. They faked the Gulf of Tonkin that led to the death of a million people. They faked the moon landing. They faked 9-11. And they did this little thing for the last two years to trick people into getting medicine for an illness they didn't even have. Mm -hmm. You know, that the former VP of a certain company that makes the medicine said that they will eventually uh, be fatal. So, you know, what can you do? The people who are running that show already said they want to lower the number of people on the earth by 94%. Mm. So it's interesting that the, that the top two people, the director of the WHO and the director of the, you know, GATES foundation, they have no medical training whatsoever. <laughs> and they're the ones promoting you know, uh, depopulation and getting medicine for an illness you don't have. When on a particular clip of his, uh, the GATES guy said, uh, you know, these medicines are uh, one of the methodologies to lower the population, said so out of his own mouth, mm. you know, and if he's really trying to lower the population by millions and millions of people, why would he invent a medicine that's going to save the lives of millions and millions of people, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense. So, all, all this to say, you know, when I back to your initial question, when I pop in that tape that says don't show to the public, you know, right on the screen, and then it's them faking being halfway to the moon over and over again with the one foot model of the earth and the CIA is telling them how to do it on the third track of audio. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they really faked the moon landing. And I just wept quietly. It's like, wow, this is the world I live in. And this is the country I'm a part of. Wow how lost can you get? And so this is our world.
and I don't know what you can do about it other than uh, get converted yourself, stay faithful to the end, which is required, and help other people do likewise. Because, you know, one of the concepts that I've been studying theologically lately is, uh, you know, this idea of people being tortured in hell forever. That was actually invented by the Catholic Church to sell indulgences, right? And uh, what really happens, because Jesus promised eternal life to those who make him Lord by repenting of their sins, right? That they will live forever. So if people are in hell being tortured forever, they're living forever too. No, no, no. It says only the redeemed, the repentant, will live forever. Everyone else is just dead forever. When you step on a bug, it's not going, oh, if I'd only moved a few inches over, oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, No, it's just dead forever. And so uh, the book of Obadiah says, once the new heaven and new earth comes, sin will not rise a second time. This is an eternal lesson to show the magnitude uh, of sin. It you know, spreads and spreads and can't be stopped without divine intervention. So what that means is the people who will succeed at lowering the population and starting wars and whatever else we've got ahead of us, probably economic collapse by the end of this month, then they will succeed and they will be dead forever on judgment day. You know, I was just earlier today, it was some famous admiral. You know, I don't even want to do the hand sign, but it does the hand sign of the devil. As, you know, he's given a speech to college graduates at a Naval Academy or somewhere. I mean, these people are worshiping Lucifer intentionally or unintentionally just by not having God in their hearts. And they, they think, you know, they're somehow going to get eternal life without God. And, um, they're not. And so I feel sorry for them. I don't hate Bill Gates or George Soros or anybody like I feel sorry for them. And um, I hope one or more of them repents and gives God glory. And I'm trying to stay faithful myself to the very end. You know, Jesus said to believers, because of the increase of wickedness in the last days, the love of most believers will grow cold. But he who holds to the very end will be saved. Hebrews 10 says you can lose your salvation if you turn back to the world. So we have to get converted and stay converted. And I'll share something I haven't shared. I don't know if any podcast, but I've had, you know, biblical vision dreams throughout my life. And one, I remember I probably had it probably 20 years ago. I was in a Bible talk leaders meeting at the church I attended and uh, it was very somber in this dream of the like the world is going to end soon and there's little bit of time left to bring people into eternal life and there were three things on the chalkboard like a point of the meeting this is from a dream it said number one know the truth number two repent continually and number three be ready and so i mean i remember that from the chalkboard in the dream so know the truth, no true doctrine from fake. Very important, right? Repent continually. That means you don't just, you know, repent, get baptized and go back to sin. You have to do it every day, like brushing your teeth until the very end. And then be ready, be ready to, you know, die today. If you're repenting continually, you'll be ready. And of course, be ready to give an answer for the faith that you have. And then years later, I read Ephesians 6, and it says, put on the armor of God, the belt of truth, know the truth, the breastplate of righteousness, 
repent continually, and the feet fitted with the readiness to share the gospel of peace. Be ready. Isn't that amazing? And I've had two dreams and visions recently that have warned me we are in the last days, and that now is the eye of the storm before things get much worse. If you want to relocate, stock up on supplies or something like that, now is the eye of the storm. How you know narrow of an opportunity do we have to be able to even go to the store? I don't know, but it's a limited amount of time. Do you want to learn how to remote view? Now is your chance. The International Remote Viewing Association is offering eight weeks of remote viewing classes instructed by my friend Michelle Freed. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity starting Saturday, September 3rd, 10 a.m. Pacific. The course is only $150, and for members of the IRVA, it's only $110. Just visit irva.org slash events slash registration to sign up now. Well, you know, I have hope. I have hope because people like yourself are coming out with this information. More and more people are waking up to this. And hopefully, uh, you know, the more the more we have on our side, the less power that they'll eventually have over us, which is what I'm hoping for. But I want to go back to a minute to uh, the moon landing. And there's speculation that Stanley Kubrick had a hand in the, the faking of this production. Have, is there any evidence that you found of that? Well, there's deductive evidence and their circumstantial evidence the deductive evidence is the moon landings were faked so they had to have somebody in charge of the fake photography so you had two choices you could hire the general of the media department of the pentagon and have great security and amateur results or you could go with a short-term benefit of realistic pictures and worry about the guy blabbing later that had to be the choice that they made now who was the best filmmaker on the planet at the time? Oh, what a coincidence. Stanley Kubrick in 1968, which is when they filmed the fake moon landing a year in advance, was making a film about going to the moon. <laughs> and then he, he gets this lens from NASA, the most advanced film lens ever made, shortly thereafter, that he is allowed to shoot Barry Lyndon with to shoot the first feature film shot entirely in natural light because of the technology of this NASA lens. Then, of course, in his uh, famous, um, uh, what was that, The Shining film, you got the little red rum boy with a you know, hand knit shirt that says Apollo 11 on it, you know, <laughs> and then his last film, Eyes Wide Shut, which describes us when we see a picture of allegedly Buzz Aldrin on the moon with his arm leisurely bent at 90 degrees, which you can't do without a metal joint like they have on the space shuttle. Right. And then there's wrinkles on in his spacesuit which if it's pressurized, how many wrinkles are in a balloon? Mm. And so there's all these clues. He's not on the moon right there, but our eyes are wide shut. And he insisted that Eyes Wide Shut, his last film, open on a particular day. He said, I won't sign the contract with Warner Brothers unless they agree to my terms, which are that the film Eyes Wide Shut open on July 16th, 1999. 
the 30th anniversary of launching to the moon. Yes, I think he did shoot it. Now, there's a you know somewhat famous alleged interview of Kubrick going around the Internet. That's completely fake. Yeah, That's misinformation. Yeah. For one, Kubrick died in 1999, and they refer to me being punched, which happened in 2002. And if you get the unedited version, the guy's being prompted what to say by the director, which why would he if he's really Stanley Kubrick? It's he still probably faked the moon landing. I decided not to go into it in the book. But because uh, it doesn't really matter, the, the, what's more important is they were faked. And uh, if it's interesting, yeah, I suspect he did it. And I think that's why he left clues in The Shining and other films about it. Right on. I have a question yeah. in, in regards to uh, you know, one of the biggest objections that I hear is that the Russians would have talked, the Russians would have outed us. And then I, I think it was in a, a documentary I saw, not wasn't yours, but it referred to the 1973 grain deal where we sold 25% of our entire food supply to the Russians at a subsidized price. Uh, do you think that was some kind of blackmail or a deal to keep quiet or what yes, are your it thoughts was. on that? I, I, believe, I believe it was. So was Nixon going to China. I think that was, that was part of the trade too. I know somebody who works for the Chinese space program right now, a high-ranking scientist. And he told me personally that China is well aware that the moon missions are fake. And they the agreement is they, they'll never publicly say that they're real, like India or, or you know, I think one other nation has, you know, because they were bribed to do it. Uh, they won't do that because that would be immoral in their minds. But they also won't say that, uh, I'm sorry, they won't say that they're fake but they also won't say that they're real. So they, they can't say that they're real because that would be against, that would give them bad face at home. Uh, in fact, it's taught throughout university in China that the moon missions are fake, but they also won't say that they're real either. Uh, so they won't say that they're real and they won't say that they're fake. In exchange, NASA is giving them space technology right now. That You, you talk about what tr is treason, isn't treason giving you know, technology to another nation without congressional approval. And that's what NASA is doing in exchange for China not publicly declaring that indeed the moon missions were fake. And this is told to me by a high ranking scientist who works for the Japanese, I'm sorry, Chinese space program. Okay. So, one thing in the early pictures that I used to have on my bedroom wall the soil of the fake moon set was brown, caramel brown, because that's the color it really is. It looks kind of whitish gray because of the bright light on it, but it's really brown if you were there. They know this because they sent probes to the moon. And so when they faked the moon set, they had kind of a brown soil. And then because of the forward screen or rear screen projection, the background, you know, fake mountains and everything ended up being kind of like a grayish blue. So you can see pretty clearly if you can get a book published, you know, from the you know early 70s from a you know library or on eBay, you'll see that the original pictures show that the soil and the fake pictures is brown and the backgrounds are bluish gray, giving it away. They since color corrected that. And now the soil looks bluish gray too, and all the ones you can see online. The Chinese probes, however, look at those pictures. The soil is brown because that's what it really is. And the probes are really there. Also look at the Apollo pictures and virtually every time there's a rock, 
they started correcting this too since i brought it up but the rocks are just kind of placed there you know on the surface whereas in the chinese pictures they're sticking up out of you know thousands of years of micrometeorite dust hitting them and kind of accumulating another indication that the chinese probes are real and then these you know pictures from india that allegedly show the base of the uh lunar module or whatever if you look really close at it what what they're showing has three legs so it's actually like a pioneer probe or some other probe it's not the bottom part of the lunar module which has four legs actually if you're really landing on the moon a lander would have three legs so that it wouldn't wobble on an uneven surface right that's why they use tripods right and so these pictures allegedly from the indian space agency that show you know vehicles apparently nasa you know to catch up with the fakery may have landed a probe there uh, but it's a three-legged probe it doesn't match i actually had a dream two nights ago or maybe it was last night that that nasa was uh that some picture came out of the landing sites there was nothing there and to still claim that the moon landings are uh real nasa said well the landers had sunk into the soil and therefore disappeared <laughs> they will make any excuse you know to still say that the moon landings are real i mean it, it it's so childish so not only are the people who run our country you know gangsters they're they're immature that's what the thinking of the moon landing also reveals that the people who run our country are immature because okay kennedy misspoke he's not a scientist they go up in space for 15 minutes not even in orbit from the east coast to the west hey kennedy says let's put a man on the moon by the end of the decade oops they should have just said, I'm sorry, we can't do it. Maybe if we cooperate with China and Russia, maybe we can pull our resources, build a space station together. I mean, Von Braun said you can't even go to the moon and back in one rocket unless it weighs 800,000 tons. The Saturn V rocket weighed only 2,500 tons. That's a difference of 30,000%. And the Artemis rocket is actually smaller. It's, it's less weight and it's less in height by about 10%. I don't. I read an article recently that says it's bigger than the Saturn V. It's the biggest rocket NASA ever built. I don't even know why, how can a journalist publish that when you when it's 200 or 333 feet tall, or th what is it, 322, and the Saturn V was 363, you know, and one weighed 2,500 tons and the other weighed, you know, like the, the one now is 2,300 tons or something. They can't even get such a simple fact right. It boggles the mind, you know. Why do you think they're still lying and faking footage and showing us false uh, images? If we, you know, have this supposedly technology now to, to go out into the space, why are they still faking stuff? Do you think that they are trying to hide something about the nature of space that, uh, that they don't want us to know about? No, I mean, uh, they tried as soon as Bill Casey hit the scene on Oprah and said the moon lands are fake, they said, oh. You're one of those crazy people who thinks the earth is flat. As soon as my film came out, oh, you think you're, you're one of those people who thinks the earth is flat. No, the earth is not flat. It's a sphere. The problem is the government lies about everything that people, conspiracy theorists, some of them apparently have thrown out the baby with the bathwater, you know? And so true wickedness is molding truth with lies. I mean, just like a, a, a bubble always forms a sphere or, or a bubble of oxygen underneath the water, space is kind of a form of matter that's putting 
pressure on all sides, so things formed spheres, unless they were, you know, hit by a cosmic collision and broke off into irregular objects like comets and asteroids have. So, no. But does does that uh, mean every uh, video coming from the space station is real? No, I think I've seen a lot of them that flat earthers have put out and made some very good points. <laughs> you know, they, they, they look like they're faking it. Now, I think the space station is real. So why did they, why are they faking? Maybe it crashed and they were too embarrassed. This, you know, it crashed in the ocean. I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense that to go 250 vertical miles up, it takes three days to go from Florida to 250 miles up. So what are they doing during those three days? They probably have one or two other space stations that they're servicing. Uh, you know, when Russia launched a rocket to mate with the space station, it took like 12 hours instead of three days. And it's like, well, how come Russia can do it in one sixth the time? And you know what NASA said? They have better math than we do. Better math. Well, that's pretty, pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Corey, you got any more questions? Corey, you got any questions? Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I do, but I'm just so enthralled in <laughs> listening to Mr. Sabrell. Your work is really phenomenal, and it helps kind of put a lot of abstract concepts that I struggle with into into perspective. So I, I appreciate that for sure. Now I want to get into if you can as much as you can say because I know you want people to get the book, but you discovered a rec privately recorded audio of an Apollo astronaut plotting your assassination. Is that right? Yeah, when uh, After a Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon came out, uh, by the way, uh, that was financed by a board member of an aerospace company who builds rockets for NASA, who knows it's fake. And he gave us a million dollars to produce these films because he thought it was his patriotic duty to expose this fraud. So after the first one was done, that shows them faking part of the mission right in front of your eyes. You can, in fact, you can view it for free at sabrell.com and then just go to the top Moon Man video links. The book, Moon Man, which just came out, which exposes where it was filmed, you know, who was there at the time, the CIA code name, the dates and so forth. It's an interactive book. So I write a chapter and I say, now stop, go to link number one, link number two and so forth. So you can understand what I'm talking about. So basically, um, the, the book outlines things that I've never discussed before about it. And remind me of your original question there, Chris. I got a little uh, off track. I, about the uh, astronaut that was plotting your assassination. Oh, right. So after, after the, the first film came out, uh, I guess from watching uh, courtroom dramas on TV as a kid, I said, hey, why don't I just track down these astronauts and see if they'll swear in the Bible that they walked on the moon. And during one such occasion... I was at Edgar Mitchell's house. Uh, mind you, he spent his entire life saying he walked on the moon when he did not. And he says the moon landings are real. And he also says aliens are real. I think they're about as real as the moon landings. What that means, uh, maybe you could look into it. If you go to sabrell.com, scroll down about halfway. I wrote an article, took me hundreds of hours of research and writing called Are There Really Aliens from Outer Space with multiple links in it to show that there probably aren't it there's something else and so in any case i put up a monitor beside him showed him the fake footage the guy turns beet red literally physically assaults me and in the commotion we left the wireless microphone on him and my camera guy accidentally left the tape recording so these are high quality 
wireless microphone. So while he, the astronaut and his son are in their house with the door closed, we're in the driveway, you know, in the rental car with the door closed, the camera in the back seat, still recording the audio of their private conversation in their house. Well, about three months go by, the secretary of the film is doing the transcript of it. She says, Bart, Bart, you know what they're talking about in their house before you, you know, you turned and came back and got the wireless microphone. I'm like, no, what? She says, they're talking about calling the CIA to have you assassinated. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. She says, no, no, they're really talking about calling the CIA to have you assassinated. I said, that's funny. She says, Bart, you're not listening to me. They're really, I said, really? And sure enough, they're talking about calling the CIA to have me killed. Now, if they really walked on the moon, and I'm some silly person who thinks I was done in a TV studio. Why would the CIA bother with somebody like that? However, if I'm a journalist and I did uncover footage of fake photography and I am exposing a CIA fraud, well, then maybe the CIA might have to get involved. That's an indirect proof that they didn't go to the moon right there. I showed the same footage in Astronauts Gone Wild to Buzz Aldrin. And he said, oh, this makes you a real famous person to having discovered this footage. What an ego you must have to want to use this to propel your career as a reporter. Well, if I'm wrong, how would it advance my career? So that was one admission that I'm correct, that it does prove they didn't go and never left Earth orbit. And he says, well, why don't you talk to the administrator of NASA? We were just passengers. I thought they were pilots. Uh Another admission, because they just orbited the Earth for eight days and came down under the direction of NASA. He was just a passenger. You see that? And then when he realized he made two admissions that I was correct, he threatened to sue me if I showed those admissions to anybody, which we show them in Astronauts Gone Wild. And of course, the famous punch, and then I'm kicked and threatened to be kicked and threatened to be shot. And then the CIA, you know, (laughs) why would an Apollo astronaut even have the CIA in their Rolodex anyway, right? And they certainly wouldn't be involved to kill some person who thinks, you know, the earth is flat or we didn't go to the moon or whatever. Why would they care? So, yeah, we have a recording of that. And it's pretty remarkable. And like I said, it indirectly proves that I'm correct because if I weren't, the CIA would not need to be involved. Man, what was going through your mind when you got that punch? Well, I mean, I didn't think anything about it. I didn't wake up that day expecting to call Buzz Aldrin a liar, a coward, and a thief, <laughs> and he didn't wake up that day expecting to punch me. We had already filmed the interview where I exposed him with that footage, which he personally shot. This one-foot model of the Earth they contrived in the in the spacecraft in Earth orbit. So, um, you know, he was aware of that. He already knew of me, and uh, he we had just paid him like two grand, you know, an hour to give an interview about something he didn't do. So I called him a liar, a coward, and a thief, and he got mad and punched me. You know, the 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 part that offended him wasn't the liar for you know obvious reasons, uh, or thief for taking money for giving a false statement that's stealing the money, right? And then it was the coward. Now, why why did I call him a coward? Because he's afraid to tell the truth, right? He loves his vanity more than the truth. He's afraid to look bad. His whole life is him being cowardly. Otherwise, he would be on national TV right now telling the truth because the Bible says multiple times, don't bear false witness against your neighbor. And that one speaks truthfully to his neighbor. And so this is a lie of satanic proportions. The guy told me off the record, he believes in God. And that's why he wouldn't swear on the Bible. You see, 
So then why hasn't he told the truth? You see? And then he keeps pulling things out of his closet, you know, <laughs> so that claims that we're, you know, on the moon with him and then selling them for lots of money. That's fraud also, yeah. you see? Right. Yeah. So he, he's afraid to look bad. So, you know, I've been a coward. I've been a thief. I've been a liar. I'm no better than him. I just am mindful to stay repentant. And I happen to be correct that he did fake the moon landing. And if it were just one astronaut on one trip, one time by themselves to fake the moon landing, maybe they would have come forward already. One of the clips and a funny thing happened on the way to the moon is Neil Armstrong on a rare occasion giving a public appearance and saying perhaps someday we'll be able to remove one of truth's protective layers about the moon landing. <laughs> what does that mean? And he said it with tears in his eyes. And during the speech, it was the part that he had memorized and looked up and said directly at the camera, you see. So that's why he and Michael Collins never gave interviews. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. And they were, you know, forced blackmail, threatened the lives of their family or something to participate. And that's why they look like they're at the funeral of their mother at their glorious press conference. They should yeah. have the attitude of victors in the winning locker room of the Super Bowl. But they all are looking down, not wanting to answer any questions and just look like they're at the funeral of their mother. And then if you look closely, there's teleprompters in their desk, kind of hidden to prompt them on what to say about how it was to walk on the moon, which only they should know, right? <laughs> so yeah. I don't think you need a teleprompter if you're the only people on earth who know what that experience was like, right? Right. What's your, uh, what's your uh, take on the Buzz Aldrin footage when he's talking to the, the little girl and he says, uh, well, we didn't go there. Um, do you think that was somewhat of a confession or were people misinterpreting that? Well, I think it was a confession. Uh, the Bible says from the overflowing of the heart, the mouth cannot help but speak. So when Mr. G-A-T-E-S gave a TED talk about why we need to lower the population and how to do it, he says, if we do a real good job with these, you know, things, mm -hmm. we can lower the population. Oops. And then the World Economic former people say they infiltrate the cabinets of world governments and they're in, they've infiltrated them to greater than 50%. They boasted about it, right? Right before this little scenario for the last two years started, they said, boy, it'd be really great if we had some excuse to not have to wait the 10 plus years to promote these untried medicines. And then we could, you know, try them out on people. They, they said all of this publicly themselves. They just can't help it. And, you know, it's, it's like that was that film. You can't handle the truth where the guy finally said, yeah, I did it. So what? <laughs> and so there he is. I have a clip in my last interview with uh, SGT report. Uh, you can scroll down to the bottom of Sabrell.com. I think click on the Brighteon channel. And I think what was his name? Uh, Bush Jr., former president, years after 9-11, years after he was president. They said, well, what did you think about it? He says, I thought it was a conspiracy. And then he stops himself, you know. So I, I, I think he knew something was off about it. Uh, I've seen his desk in the White House and I've seen Cheney's desk in the White House. And his desk had on it like a pen and pencil set, a telephone, picture of his wife and family. 
and that's it. And this is supposed to be the guy running the country. Then you go to Cheney's office. There's like, you know, not a walk-in safe, but a pretty big rectangular two-ton safe there to hide doc- and stacks of papers everywhere. I mean, which of the two is really running the country? Yeah. You know, you could say the same with Reagan and Bush Sr., right? Who's really running the show there? Carter is infamously known for calling up CIA director Bush Sr. and saying, hey, I'm curious now that I'm president, uh, whether UFOs are real or not, can you send me all the files you got on it? Bush Sr. says, that's not going to happen. Hmm. And the, and he doesn't fire him. Well, I would fire him, but he was afraid to do it. So who holds the supremacy? The president or the CIA? The CIA does, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what was it? Uh, Blue Democrat Johnson planned and was there for filming the fake moon landing. And then Nixon comes in, Republican, red, and approves it. So who faked the moon landing? The Republican Party and the Democratic Party. So to say one is better than the other, you're just falling to that deception so we don't go after the people at the top. Yeah. Now, they've done a great job by using the word conspiracy theorist to uh, deter people from looking into things and making people look crazy, which it's become even bigger these days. Uh, but you have had a few not only um, – trying to deter your career, but you've had uh, threats and other instances besides just this astronaut uh, incident, right? Yeah, I mean, the book, uh, Moon Man, which, like I said, is audio. I read it myself. It's Kindle and it's print. I think all of them for 20 bucks or less. A third of it is the how and why. Unfortunately, we did fake the moon landing or America did or the federal government, whoever you want to call them, did it. Mm. And mind you, it has 15 video links to back everything up. You read a chapter and then go to a link, read a chapter, go to a link, which is at sabrell.com. The other third is kind of like, well, what does this mean? You know, it means our country is run by gangsters. You know, when Orwell said, whoever controls the past controls the future, that means unless the truth about the moon landing fraud comes out, those type of people are still running the federal government. So until the truth about the moon landing fraud comes out, our federal government will remain corrupt. So that's an alarming state for our country to be in at this hour. And then the other third is kind of the behind the scenes misadventures I had investigating this because they did fake the moon landing. I do have classified footage of it and other documents as well. And so at one point I was literally kidnapped by the CIA and drugged with truth serum. I escaped to their custody. I peed in a cup and I gave it to a friend to take to a lab in his name saying, I got him. I'm going to prove, you know, scientifically I was drugged by some exotic truth serum drug. So a few days go by, my friend calls me back, you know, I'm expecting the results. And he's like, well, there was a problem at the lab. I'm like, yeah. They said, well, funny thing. They, they had a break-in over the weekend. And funny thing, the only thing stolen was your urine sample. Jeez. I mean, they sent in CIA agents to go to that lab over the weekend when they were closed to go into the refrigerator and to remove my urine sample with true serum drug. <laughs> I mean, oh, man. and and my source uh, is now dead, you know, who was there when they filmed the fake moon landing. And I was when I was editing the book Moon Man and just to edit the book took me two years. 
I'm confirming these details with his surviving relative who is also dead now, but he, 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 he had all of the documentation on his computer physically stolen after talking to me about proof that the moon landings were fake, even though he had a security system with passwords and cameras everywhere, somebody disabled that. And then two days after that, He's visited by two government agents who threatened to kill him and his family if he ever speaks to me again. This was less than two years ago. So we had to get the White House involved, the press secretary, a senator on the Intelligence Committee, and the regional FBI to do whistleblower protection for this guy. And he's just a relative of the guy who was there when they faked the moon landing. It's really important to the federal government that this truth not come out because it will be so embarrassing even though 9-11 killed more people this is the one that will upset the public more because they cried and they prayed and they gave them congressional medals of honor for lying and then it will also come out that they murdered the crew that was gonna be the first crew to walk on the moon and this is not my opinion. This is the opinion of the dead man's widow and son, who's a 747 pilot. They have forensic evidence that the CIA killed the crew that would have been the first crew to walk on the moon, done so because the commander of that crew was a whistleblower and was going to basically show that they don't have the technological capability to go to the moon. And again, it's not my opinion. It's the opinion of the dead man's widow and son. He told his widow the day before he died in a, quote, accident that for some strange reason, the CIA is all over in the launch pad, you know, and then the very next day he dies and they're convinced he was murdered by the CIA. So what does that mean? It means not only are our tax dollars, one third of our labor being used to deceive us about the moon landing and, you know, whatever else they're doing, we're paying for the execution of our countrymen who are trying to expose their crimes because the CIA killed them. We paid their salary. We paid for the mechanical hardware that they used to contrive a fake fire, right? To kill them. So not only are we being deceived with our own money, we're paying for the execution of our fellow citizens who are trying to expose the crime. I mean, these are the people who run the country. If it weren't, they would admit that they faked the moon landing all those years ago, and we're sorry, we won't do that again, right? So the same type of people are running our government now. Whoever controls the past controls the future. Right. So you said that you don't think that there is any way that they would basically uh, answer for this or that even if this comes out and the, the majority of the population understands that this is fake, that there would be no consequences for those in charge. Depends on to what degree that it comes out. I mean, right now, 75% of Americans believe that Oswald did not kill Kennedy. 75%, mm. right? Half, 50% think airplanes did not bring down the towers. A quarter think the crazy thing that the moon landings are fake. So we have three quarters of Americans think Oswald did not kill Kennedy. But what does the encyclopedia say? Oswald killed Kennedy. Will they open up the, the Kennedy assassination files, which should have been opened in 1963 if Oswald killed Kennedy, right? <laughs> you know, and so it's whether or not it's a, a part of the public record, not the public opinion. Mm -hmm. Unless it's part of the public record, 
that the CIA killed Kennedy, which they did. And unless it's part of the public record that 9-11 was done by Cheney or somebody like that, and unless it's part of the public record, they retract the you know encyclopedia entry and they say, oh, Bart ended up being right after all. Unless it's part of the public record, it doesn't matter what the public thinks, right? 90% of Americans wanted food labeled, contains GMOs. When have 90% of Americans agreed on anything, right? And it still did not pass. The president still vetoed it, right? So they don't care what we think. There, there was a German um, member of cabinet said a couple of days ago, she doesn't care what the German voters think. She's going to keep her pledge to support the you know, Ukrainian army. Well, why would she pledge to Ukraine more than she would pledge to Germany if she's a Germany representative. What she's really pledging to are the people who told her to vote a particular way against the wishes of her people. Yeah. So Germany's not a democracy. America's not a democracy. If they were, they wouldn't have faked the moon landing and killed their own president, right? And we would have GMO, contains GMOs on every product in the store that has GMOs on it, right? Yeah. So this whole idea that we're democracy is just a complete lie. Otherwise, YouTube wouldn't take down any video that has remarks against the government, which they do continually, hmm. right? I can't believe we're, it's in the Constitution to have a free press, and YouTube claims to be a neutral publishing platform. I'm a journalist, and they take down my material because it doesn't agree with what the government says. Oh, we just got a strike yesterday. Can't post on YouTube for a week, so I know how it feels. Oh, uh, what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm being careful with what I say here about oh, this little yeah. scenario yeah, going no, on. No, no, no you, need you're to really making me nervous. You're really <laughs> making me nervous because, like, my Kennedy research is legit, and, like, hearing that they did this stuff to you makes me, like, ooh. So let me comment real quick on the Kennedy files they're withholding. The Kennedy files they're withholding that have any relevance at all, they have nothing to do with the assassination. They're referencing personnel files and incident files that connect to the shooter on the knoll. In particular, David Morales, Charles the Blade, Taurine, and Harry Haller. So sometimes they hide stuff, not because it directly connects, but because it highlights relationships. And once you see the, the study of these things, like study of conspiracies in general, is really a study of relationships. When you understand the relationships between these people, the in, the actual you know technicals of uh, the case really become less important. The relationships prove everything to me. Well, I mean, if Oswald killed Kennedy, the files would have been opened in 1963. And the fact that they won't open them is proof that the government is corrupt. What more proof do you need? I mean, 3,000 architects and engineers say airplanes didn't bring it down. If that's what the government says, that means that the government is lying, which means that the federal government brought down the World Trade Center. That's what it means, you know? So why are these people still in power? Because they're so entrenched and the system is set up that nothing can be done about it. Nothing. Nothing can be done. That's why Jesus said it will get so bad in the last days that unless God intervenes, no one will survive. So there you go. There's nothing we can do. We, you know, it's going to crash and burn. And all that we can do is save ourselves physically, spiritually, and try to help other people do likewise. Well, Corey, maybe that meteor is just what we need. <laughs> Bart, thank you so much for coming on. Before you head out, uh, let the audience know where they can find the book, your website, uh, all the good stuff you got going on. 
Yeah, you can just go to sibrel.com, my last name, S as in Sam, I, B as in boy, R-E-L, S-I-B-R-E-L, sibrel.com, and it's all there. Perfect. Well, Bart, thank you so much, and I'd definitely love to talk with you again in the future. All righty. Take care, Chris and Corey. Till next time, everyone, have an excellent evening. We'll see you again tomorrow.